Welcome to Living a Full Life Podcast. Join us as we explore health topics that encourage raising healthy children, living a healthy life, and living the best life possible. Now, here's your host. Hello and welcome to another episode of Living a Full Life with Dr. Enrico Dolcecori. Uh, another week, another podcast. This week, talking about sleep. On the last podcast, we talked about you know the seven top things you can do to raise healthy kids. And one of them was sleep. And I finished the podcast, wrapped up, continued on with my week. And I, I was thinking... Hang on a sec. Sleep's huge. Sleep's a very big part of our overall health. So let's make an entire podcast about sleep. And I got to get one of my colleagues who's a dentist um, on our podcast sometime. Absolute genius. And he talks about sleep and, of course, trying to help the population with not just sleep apnea, but getting better sleep from a dental perspective. And he works with lots of chiropractors. Uh, but anyways, I'm getting off topic there. But yeah, sleep sleep plays a huge role in our overall health. And it's really important. Um, and, and if you've ever suffered from sleep, you know, or not being able to sleep, I guess you don't suffer from sleep, but not being able to sleep, it is torture. It is torture. Helping so many patients through my career, and I will continue to help them, um, when they complain about sleep, you, you can't. You, you almost feel bad for them. You know, you know, just everything that happens with uh, lack of sleep and um, to their health and their energy and their well-being and even their determination and motivation goes down. Um, it has a detrimental effect the longer we go. So sleep uh, is important from infancy all the way all the way to the end. And the younger you are, the more hours you actually need to get to sleep just because of the circadian rhythms and what's happening happening with metabolism when we're younger. So the younger they are, especially infants and toddlers, I mean, they need 12 plus hours a night of sleep or a day of sleep. They usually nap during the day as well until the age of three, four, five, where naps may start, may stop. Um, then they can go with about 12 hours. But for us adults, you know, eight is the gold standard, seven to eight hours of sleep until, you know, our senior years where we can probably get away with four to six. But but really eight seems to be that magic number for sleep and enough time for an adult to um, get the rest that they need, get the circadian rhythms that they need, get the hormone balancing that they need, and um, get the nerve cell regeneration that they need. That's where all healing stems from is that cell regeneration and it happens at night when we rest as mammals as as you know human mammals we've given we we need to sleep different than our our mammal friends on earth um, who can sleep standing up you know like horses and cows and cow and birds you know they can they can stand um on a perch i guess they're not mammals but whatever um because of their their cortex size, the white matter size of their brains, and we've we've forfeited some things in the animal kingdom, um, as far as strength and you know other things compared to our other animals out here, uh, for that matter, for that brain matter, that white matter that we have compared to all the other mammals, and we need to fortify and rest that part of our our brains. And that only happens through sleep. So let's talk about better ways to sleep. 
First off is comfort. You know, getting comfortable when you sleep is, is really important. The number one question I get, pillow. The number two question I get, mattress. And I'm not brand loyal to anything because it's so particular and peculiar for every person. So the rule with sleep is to be comfortable and um, to find the things that work for you. As far as a pillow goes, pillows depend on how you sleep. Are you a back sleeper, a side sleeper? Do you flip all night? Um, then that determines the size of your pillow. Pillow should uh, support your head, and it should be the thickness or width of your shoulder on that one side or both sides. You know, you take the average width of your shoulder, and when you lie on a pillow, just get your spouse to look at you and be like, "Hey, do I look like you know my belly button, my sternum, my chin, my nose, and my forehead? Does it look like if you were to draw a line, is that pretty straight? Is that a straight line when I'm when I'm lying down on my side, or does my head fall into the pillow?" and almost create an angle, or is my pillow way too thick and, and causing a, an increased angle in my neck? That that can cause discomfort as far as trying to get a good night's sleep. If you sleep on your back, you can get away with little to no pillow at all. I mean, you can almost sleep flat there. It doesn't require anything. A nice uh, roll or soft support behind your neck is great. If you're a stomach sleeper, I really have no advice for you because that is not a good way to sleep. Just ergonomically the way we're designed as humans we're tall and um, there's just no way to sleep on your stomach all your organs uh, are, are that way it comes from childhood sleeping and keeping your belly warm in the fetal position and on your tummy but usually you break that habit in your toddler years and if you don't it's a lifelong habit so that one's a tough one sleeping on your stomach has to be broken the easiest well it's not easy the best way to break that is to sleep on your side and get a body pillow and just hug that body pillow at the beginning, you're going to be pushing the body pillow off the bed. You're going to you're going to toss it to the left. You're going to toss it to the right. You're going to pretty much swing your leg over it almost to try and get onto your tummy. But it's designed to, to keep you semi on your side a little bit so that you can start to train to sleep on your side. And eventually, you'll just hug it or you'll lean against it and end up on your side. It may take months to get there. But I highly recommend it, both from a health perspective for sleep and a chiropractic perspective from ergonomics uh, and spinal ergonomics is to just get off your tummy. Because the problem with sleeping on your stomach is, if you can picture this right now, is you have to breathe somehow. And our mattresses are flat. There's no holes in them. So you got to turn your head either to the left or to the right. And usually one arm comes up and one knee comes up and you look like uh, a CSI prop. Um, from CSI Miami or Vegas. I don't know which ones they got going on now, but you look like one of those props that could just lie on the floor and then they could trace you with the white chalk for their crime scene investigation. That's not a good look. And um, it's a crime scene investigation. And usually in, in real life, those people didn't fare well. They're being taken off to the morgue. So don't sleep like that. Um, try and change it a little bit. Uh, I'm trying not to laugh, so I am comical and satirical. You'll get to know me as, as the weeks go by, but uh, uh, that's that's a joke there. So try and get on your side, try and get on your back, and I could talk about pills a whole for a whole episode. Sleep. Sleep's really important. Um, melatonin, that's the next big question we get here. Does melatonin help? Can I get addicted to melatonin? Melatonin's not a non-addictive property, but it does help the circadian rhythm and falling asleep kind of cycles it better and taking it a few hours before you go to bed is the best as it takes effect it slows down our cortisol um, absorption and release and it helps with the rhythm 
And can you get used to it, I think is the question people ask me. Can your body get used to it? And unfortunately, the answer is yes. You'll find the longer you depend on melatonin, the more you have to take. And the more you have to take, the less it works. And then you get to a certain point where you're like, how much should I take? <clears throat> yeah, it, it can get it can get there as well. So, um, And then the next thing is stimulation. Uh, noise, light. And EMF, um, your cell phones, your laptops, your your wireless devices, they emit a, a low-grade radiation that, for, for very few people, can affect their sleep. Some people can sense it. They have that um, electromagnetic sensation. They actually have the sensation. They, feel, they can feel it. Like if the phone is a, about to buzz, they feel the buzz somewhere in their body, usually where they keep their device. But But that's a different thing. Uh, for most of us, we really can't. We're not aware of it, but we all are affected by it. Like it, like it or not, that EMF wave is there. Your Wi-Fi signal is there. It's in the air. Radio signals are going through the air. Sound signals are going through the air. This is not a belief system. Just because you can't see it, they exist. So, limiting that, and then light, all little light. If if it's difficult for you to fall asleep or stay asleep. Try eliminating light. Get the blackout curtains. Uh, even put one of those, you know, um, carpet rolls at the bottom of your door. To you know, sometimes light comes in from the outside, from the bottom of your door. Definitely get the street lights out of out of your bedroom. And any red dots, televisions, uh, electrical devices, alarm clocks, all the little things. Try and make it as pitch black as you can, or even the blindfold. Remember. Blindfolds used to be really popular in the baby boomer generations and, and older as well. Um, because, yeah, it was just a simple way to block out the light. Kind of genius. I guess we don't wear them anymore, but that's a that's a quick fix to that too. So that's for, for light. And then sound. Sound, completely deadening sound. If you grew up in a metropolis, can actually be bothersome. That dead silence makes people uneasy. So if you're one of those, a white noise machine that has multiple settings on it. Uh, get one with like, they have like 17, 20 settings now. Then you can play with them and figure out the one that works for you. If it's the orca and beluga whales or if it's the sound of the ocean or whatever it is or white noise that helps you. And turn it down as low as you possibly can. You want that sound very faint, just enough to trick your subconscious into saying, okay, there's that noise. It's peaceful. I'm, I'm happy. Uh, but for the rest of us, complete dead silence is the absolute best. It uh, shuts down all auditory connection tough again if you're in metropolis because there's cars driving by and all that at night as well so sleep's really important uh in a, in a general other things we can take that that really help is um with insomnia and other conditions with sleep is exercise exercise is the next i said take i guess you don't take exercise you do exercise and <clears throat> exercise has the highest literature and research and data that affects sleep overall. People who move and breathe better sleep better during the day. So if we are deep breathers and and better breathers, that works. And exercise doesn't have to be rigorous. It can just be going for a walk daily or a, a, a mild jog or being on the bike or lifting weights, just getting that heart rate up because it, it, as your heart rate goes up, you have to in increase the VO2 max of your body. So you have to intake more oxygen. So that plays a big role as well. Their exercise is the best way. If you've always struggled getting time in your schedule to exercise, breathing exercises. These are, you can find them on YouTube videos. They come from 
uh, meditation videos as well. You can just deep breathing exercises and learning how to diaphragmatically breathe and hold your breath and learning. And then you, you'll be able to train your lungs to hold more air and deep more breathe more deeply. Um, and it, with what that does is it trains your uh, lungs to absorb more oxygen, put that into into the circulation, which is great. Too. It's all about oxygen. Sleep is all about oxygen. That's why when we start to have interference with our oxygen uptake, either with snoring or anything that happens with the mechanism of sleep, it becomes sleep apnea. And that's where we honestly have times in the middle of the night where we just don't breathe, where we just don't get oxygen. That is true apnea, and it can lead to asphyxication. You know, you could you could lose complete oxygen to the brain for a few moments, or um, cause other health conditions as well there too. And that has to be medically diagnosed and you know corrected for sure. Um, in our profession, in chiropractic. Getting people adjusted uh, for using neck conditions, which come from sleep or whatever. We get neck pain, uh, neck stiffness, headaches, migraines all the time. And as we go through the correctional process structurally, what I've seen over the years is sleep gets better. People sleep better. It's one of the first things that gets better. People come in with neck pain or vertigo or dizziness, whatever it is. And whether I'm doing the upper cervical technique or, or, or general chiropractic for the cervical spine, immediately within one, two, three treatments, people are like, I, I did sleep better. It's usually after their first tre- treatment. If they've never been to a chiropractor before, I look them in the eye and I tell them, listen, when you're going home today, Sally, you're going to have a great sleep tonight. And they usually come back a few days later and like, you were right. Tuesday night, I had a great sleep after that adjustment. And it's because we just decreased a lot of the nerve tension in their neck. So they were actually able to relax for the first time in a long time. So they sleep better. And then we try and build on that. And we talk about sleep. Sleep's a big part of uh, our health practice as well there. So lots of ways to improve your sleep just by making small changes in your bedroom. Make sure your kids have a sound place to sleep. We talk about tranquility and peace, and that runs from ancient Greece about being tranquil and peace. And um, once you know life is over, we we wish everyone rests in peace, right? And that's that's important because it's a virtue of good health for our life. Um, so fix those sleeping quarters, um, break those little habits of sleeping on your tummy, get the right pillow. Um, you know, hundreds of dollars for a pillow doesn't make any sense. You don't need that. You just need to, you know, ask your spouse, hey, do I look like I'm straight? That's probably a good start to sleep. Contact me. If you have any questions, you can find me on all my handles on Instagram, Dr. Dolce Corey, on Facebook, Dr. Dolce Corey, uh, LinkedIn, Dr. Dolce Corey. How do you spell it? D-O-L-C-E-C-O-R-E. It means sweetheart in Italian. Um, I should probably get that handle, huh? Dr. Sweetheart. That'd be a lot easier. Huh. Figure it out. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Stay healthy. Stay well. We'll catch you next week. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Living a Full Life Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in. And we'll catch you in the next episode.